Finds a block, cuts it back, 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. Hope everybody has had a great weekend. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jason Perrone. You can follow Game on Wisconsin, at Game on WI. You'll want to make sure you're following us, for sure, because we got some big things brewing. There's gonna have, uh, we're going to have some more coming soon on what's on tap for this upcoming season. So stay tuned. Be sure that you're following us, at Game on WI over on Twitter, and you'll be in the know. So, all right, it's a lot to get to here to start off this week. There's been a lot that's happened over the past week. Uh, I haven't had a chance to speak on some of it, so I've got a lot to talk about as well here today. So, over the weekend, what did we learn? On Saturday, a couple things, a couple announcements were made. The first one, tight end Robert Tunyon signed a one-year deal with avoidable year added on. He will be back with the Packers for at least one more season. He tore his ACL in late October in the win over the Cardinals. He will very likely start the season on PUP, the physically unable to perform list, meaning he will miss the first weeks, six weeks of the season, unless he's some sort of physical freak and can return sooner. But uh, the problem that the Packers have is that is the timing because once he practices in camp, they can't put him on the PUP list. So, he won't be able to practice, and then the Packers would have to IR him or keep him on the roster, and that's going to be problematic. When you think about camp opening up at the end of July, that's very, very soon. So I think best case scenario that he he probably won't be back until October. So could be back the end of September. I think that's probably a little bit lofty and more reasonably probably in October. So that's a year from the injury. Uh, but, you know, Tony's a good tight end, and I think this was good for the Packers to to do because it's not going to cost them a ton of money. Tony was probably going to make some really good money on the open market had he stayed healthy and played out the 2021 season, but unfortunately he did not. But he knows the offense. The quarterback is a fan of his, so those things help. And even with Tony coming back, the tight end position is a huge, huge area of need for the Packers, depending on how you feel about Josiah DeGuara, who is not really a pure tight end. And same thing with Dominique Daphne, not a pure tight end. Big dog, Mercedes Lewis may return. He's under contract, but he's getting older. And we don't know if he's going to retire, if he's going to play again. As far as we know, he's, he's under contract and he's going to play next season, but he's getting up there in years and the Packers need to find the future at tight end. Regardless, with that room being what it is, Tyler Davis, very developmental prospect, not a lot you can hang your hat on yet. So with as many bites as the apple at the apple as the Packers are going to have in this draft, I would assume that they'll probably look at the tight end position as an area that they focus on. So that'll be with an eye on the future a couple, two, three years from now. But the tight end position definitely needs to be addressed. So I think, you know, you go the, the draft route, you add a low cost um, talent there, obviously with the salary under control, or you could also try to get a value veteran as well to try to fortify the room and, then you're off and running. So Robert Tunyon back on one-year deal with avoidable year. Probably the bigger news on Saturday that was announced was the return of cornerback Russell Douglas. 
And this Packers defense is going to now, for the most part, run it back in 2022 because they're going to have a healthy Jair Alexander, Douglas, Stokes at corner. You've got Savage, Adrian Amos at safety, uh, Devondre Campbell, Chris Barnes, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary up front. Yeah, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, probably TJ Slayton. We'll see what happens up front over the, over the next six weeks there. But you, for the most part, have the defense that was very, very good in 2021. Joe Barry's group got the job done. They did pretty well. I mean, they gave up nothing in the playoff game. It was the flukiest, dumbest thing. It was the offense and special teams that really was a bigger problem. So having this defense back is really important. They were good enough to help their team win a championship. They just didn't get a chance to do it. They had a championship caliber defense. And Russell Douglas, former practice squad cornerback, Russell Douglas is a big reason why. Two pick six in back-to-back weeks against the Rams and the Bears. He made play after play, made a lot of big plays, made that big play at the end of the, the Browns game. Huge. It's huge. And obviously there's reasons why the Packers were able to bring Russell Douglas back, and we'll get to that in a little bit. And we know that that obviously has to do with Devontae Adams. But this is one of the things that is the positive result, is the Packers now can keep important areas of this team together. Good cornerbacks in this league are valuable. They're not easy to find. If you have one, you got to keep them. And if you can afford it and you're not blowing the market out, then you've got to do it. And I think the Packers were very wise to keep their guy. And now they're going to bring him back and he will be back in the fold. So, yeah. I mean, I I expect the defense to be just as good this season and, and you can't do that without solid play at, at the corner position, like I said. And I think the Packers also give themselves flexibility with what they can do on defense with having Douglas back. Because... You're going to have a healthy Jair now, who you didn't have most of last year. So Jair, Stokes, and Douglas can all play on the outside, but you've got the flexibility to put guys in the best spot to play well because someone's got to cover the slot. So even if you don't want to use either of those three, you can bring Darnell Savage up. He can cover the slot. You can move Douglas back. He can play a little safety. Uh, he, you know, Savage can move inside, cover, like I said, cover inside. Jair can cover inside, and if he's going to cover inside and man up on the other guys, other team's best receiver, then you've got Stokes and Rasul who can both, both play outside as well. It is a great, great, great situation at corner for the Green Bay Packers. Huge move, huge, to get both Russell Douglas and Devondre Campbell back. And you would hope that that would have been what the Packers did based on the losing of Devontae Adams. Again, we'll get to that in a little bit. So... I think maybe one of these guys moves back and does play more safety. And that that player is Douglas. It's not going to be Stokes or Jair. But Douglas is very versatile. You know, think a little bit of, of the Raven Green role, I guess, if you want to call it that. I think Douglas can fill in, fill in that role very nicely if that's something that Joe Barry wants to do. That was a Mike Pettin thing. But that's something that Joe Barry may want to do. And Joe Perry is now cooking with gas. And he's got some really good ingredients to mix in the pan. So that defense is, is exciting. And the draft hasn't even happened yet. Maybe we don't count on rookies to count to produce in year one, but they very well could. They could get a very good defensive player who you also add to the mix there. And it could be really, really good things. 
really, really good things. Let's just hope that the offense can churn and that special teams isn't historically bad. And the Packers are in the mix again for the whole enchilada in 2022, which is the goal. Championships. Winning championships. So two big moves announced over the weekend. Former Packers back in the fold. They remain current Packers. As far as what the Packers do to acquire other talent, we shall see. But I've got to address the elephant in the room. I've alluded to it already. Devontae Adams traded to the Las Vegas Raiders last week. My initial reaction was not a very positive one. I mean, I think that's natural when it's a player of, the, of his caliber. You don't want those guys not playing on your team. And it, it, doesn't, it also didn't help that there were a bunch of different reports about why Adams was traded. He was upset with the Packers. Always, always wanted to go play with his college buddy, Derek Carr. This is his dream to play with the Raiders. Uh, you know, I think probably some of all of that and, and is true. I don't know if we'll ever get the total story. Maybe we will. Uh, for us, it was a moment of confusion because the Packers don't really end up in this situation often at all when it comes to their really good players. You'd have to go all the way back to Brett Favre for the last time that the Packers had a player that was iconic or very, very big in caliber that they ended up having to trade away because of internal issues. They couldn't get a deal done or whatever. You know, we always hear about they don't let their own players walk. Well, there goes Adams to silver to the silver and black. The Packers didn't extend him prior to free agency. And, and by that, I don't mean like right now. I think a, a year ago, them not extending him was something that he made note of and took note of. And I think that was that was that made that that made sense to him that he would feel upset about that. He wasn't happy with the Packers not making the early commitment to him a superstar player. And I think he might have felt like he was not as valued as some other players on the team. And I don't know if that includes Aaron Rodgers, but it certainly could. I mean, where have the Packers focused a lot of their attention on the quarterback? And I don't think that that those two things created each other. But for, you know, Devontae's moved on, put out a nice post on his social media, thanking the Packers and their fans. And he's ready for this next chapter. So, I, you know, I... I can wish him well. I think that's fine. I mean, you know, he's he has done a lot of great things for the Packers, and they've won a lot of games and had a lot of really great moments because of Devontae Adams. So I can very much appreciate and respect what it is that what he did. But And like I said, we may not ever know the whole deal, but Adams is a Raider now. He's not a Packer. So I'm not going to spend much time beyond this particular show talking about a, a player who's not on the team that this show is really about, which is the Green Bay Packers, and Devontae Adams is not a Packer anymore. So I'll refer to him in, in comparing and talking about the receiver position, but I, we're not going to go back down, and, and we're not going to break down everything Devontae Adams does this next season compared to what the Packers receivers do. Twitter will do enough of that. They always do. They never fail, and I, I'm not. you won't see any of that here. But I do hope that the Packers do end up facing Devontae Adams this season. Because then that means that uh, both the Raiders and the Packers are in the Super Bowl. And that would be here at my spot in Phoenix. Because that is where this next Super Bowl is being hosted. So, we'll see how that whole thing plays out. So, Devontae Adams is gone. Uh, and I guess the point there that we move on to is that the receiver position is, at the present moment, quite barren. You've got Alan Lazard, Amari Rogers. 
pretty much it. Randall Cobb. MBS is a free agent. Adams is gone. Malik Taylor is is out there, I guess. There's just there's not a lot of pass catchers. But the Packers have known that this was going to be the situation for a while. So Brian Gutekunst is working the phones. The personnel team already has receivers on their board. The Packers will draft a receiver, probably more than one. You can bet on that. But I would say a cautionary tale. You don't go into this time of year with a strategy that the draft is where you'll address immediate holes on your team. That especially means a wide receiver. That's any position, but especially a wide receiver. And the Packers aren't doing that, to be clear. But some people, I think, need to hear that. And you don't do that because, A, you don't know who you're going to get, and B, how good they'll be right away. You'll know, I mean, on draft day, you know, and you can make that decision on draft day, but we're a mo- we're over a month away from the draft. So you can't possibly expect to say the draft is where we're going to fix the wide receiver position in 2022 at the 2022 draft. Like just that it's not, not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Taking receivers in round one is not the answer in total to helping the offense. Now, sure. A receiver in round one can come in and light it up. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, two prime, very recent examples. And there's some first round receivers that have been very, very good. So it doesn't mean that all first-round receivers are a bust, but most rookies need two to three years to become what they're going to be. Devontae Adams is a great example. He didn't start breaking out until 2016, his third year. He was okay his rookie year. He was not good at all in 2015 because he was hurt. So you have to hope that they can find a a value-free agent in addition to adding one or two good pass catchers via the draft that will become a part of the offense in the future, not necessarily in 2022. And again, the key word, value-free agent. I'm seeing a lot of Julio Jones talk out there. Robert Woods is off the off the table now. Juju Smith-Schuster off the table. They both have found their teams this next year. Uh, Jarvis Landry's still out there. There's some talk about potential trade targets the Packers might face. Value. They've got money right now, but it doesn't mean you throw it all at one wide receiver. You've got a plan for the future And I think the Packers are going to take a couple pass catchers and hope they can do something uh, to help this team this year. And then don't forget about Amari Rodgers. He's still a thing too. He's going to get every opportunity to elevate this season after they spent a third round pick on him last year. So it's way too soon to give up on him after his lackluster rookie season. So he's going to get an opportunity. He may very well become good. I mean, everybody thought Devontae Adams was going to be bad and a a mistake and, and... not a good second-round pick by Ted Thompson. And he ended up being one of the best receivers the Packers have ever had. And had he stayed in Green Bay, probably would have shattered a bunch of records. So just the point is, don't be that fan who throw, throws things at the TV or punches a hole in the wall when the first pick in this draft is a defensive guy or an offensive lineman or other, not a receiver. Don't be that. Don't be that person because... You've got to trust the front office. They know what's going on. They know what the situation is. Brian Gutekunst's job is now and also beyond now. It's not just this season. It's not singularly 2022. So please stop thinking that they're going to draft only need areas now because of this all-in. They're going to draft only position groups that they need and that it's a colossal failure if they don't draft five receivers and a tight end or they don't take all the names that we've had thrown at us on the mock drafts and social media as potential Packers draftees. This period of time, free agency in the draft, 
is about 2022 through 2026 for the next four years. You're not going to create what you're going to have in two or three years in one swoop, but the draft is about addressing multiple seasons, not just this year. You know, it has to account for players who are aging, declining, contracts expiring next year, the year after. It's not just replace the best receiver in the game. They can't and won't do that. You're not replacing Devontae Adams. He's gone. But as we've heard ad nauseum all week, and I'll be one more, and I guess I I could have mentioned this earlier when, when I was talking about Adams, taking away a crutch is what I'm going to refer to Devontae Adams as of that magnitude. And I guess that's that's a crutch for the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. It makes this team have to get better in multiple areas. It makes Brian Gutekunst have to find more talent. They can't just rely so much on Devontae Adams. It makes Matt LaFleur have to game plan differently. He can't call 70% of the offense around 17. And that worked well. They won a lot of games doing that in the regular season. But it's about winning in the playoffs. And I don't remember Devontae Adams lighting it up in the postseason. So that's the problem. Way, way back in the day, the Packers benefited from Sterling Sharp no longer being Brett Favre's primary target. Now, it was awful that Sharp's career had to end because of a neck injury. And neck injuries are very scary. And had he stayed with this team, I think Sterling Sharp would have been a huge part of that run to the championship in 96. Maybe they win in 97 because they've got Sterling Sharp. But when he wasn't with the team anymore, Favre had to spread the ball all over the place. The Packers lit it up. They found a bunch of really good receivers. Robert Brooks, Antonio Freeman. They brought in Don Beebe. They won a championship. And none of those receivers were of the same ilk that Sharp was. The last image of Devontae Adams is him trying to catch a ball in double coverage on the deep ball against the 49ers that was heaved up into the stratosphere. It had no chance. But that's your best player. And so Rodgers thinks to himself, hey, the, you know, we got one shot here. I'm throwing it to my dude. I don't even care who, who else is where or what. Maybe Rodgers takes another look at the entire field before he throws that ball if Devontae's not out there. Maybe he makes a different throw because there's no Adams out there. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. The point is that another pass catcher on this team and the other pass catchers now have to be better. They have to get more opportunities because you've got to throw to somebody. The defense for the Packers has to keep holding the other guys under 20 because the Packers offense now may not be the laser light show that it's been in the past few seasons. There's going to be an impact that Devontae Adams not being here is going to create. And the laser light show, well, and I guess it was more 2020. It wasn't in 2021, but it's a new year and, and this team is going to look a lot different on offense as far as the receivers go. And Aaron Rodgers knew that. He knew Devontae Adams wouldn't be back when he signed his new contract. And he still chose to play for the Packers. And so I think he's committed to throwing to the guys who are open. We'll see what they do. If they do anything in free agency, we'll see who they draft. I... Absolutely expect the Packers to add talent. They've loaded up. They've got two first-round picks, three second-round picks. Packers don't do some damage in bringing in talent. They did manage to bring back Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith this past week, too, which keeps the front of their defense intact, as I mentioned before. That is really important, and I'm switching gears to the defense here. Uh, With Campbell being as good as he was, 
And even if he regresses to the mean a little bit in the middle, he is still going to be mounds better than what the Packers have had at inside linebacker for the past decade plus. And Preston Smith was almost more key because behind him and Rashad Gary is nothing right now. I mean, you think receiver and tight end are a big hole? Pass rusher to me is 1A behind tight end because if you really, you know, if you want, if, if you look at who's back there, Jonathan Garvin and Tipa Nalaya and some of those guys, like, you know, Whitney Merciless is not back. And I think that hopefully the Packers look at bringing him back, but you probably have to spend some premium capital in the draft to get a really good pass rusher, or you're going to have to pay a lot of money in free agency to bring one in. And I don't think the Packers will do that. I can see them drafting one. I could see them taking a pass rusher, the best edge rusher with their, their first overall pick. And, but it's, it's big to have Preston Smith back. You just, you need to know that your edge is going to be solid. And again, you know, you go after Merciless. I assume he would want to come back. He had the the bicep injury and he was able to play in the playoffs, but I think he would be willing to come back and play for the Packers. Because I think he chose Green Bay, even though they weren't offering him the most money. You need guys who can play and give the studs on the back end a chance in getting to the quarterback and making him rush a throw. Because the secondary is going to do some really, really good things. And speaking of the secondary, I talked about safety. Obviously, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, very, very solid safeties. But it's thin behind them. Henry Black, not tendered. Vernon Scott, not going to play much. I mean, this is another area where the Packers could use a high pick and bring in a guy who's going to replace one of either Savage or Amos. Be a special teams contributor and make this position group good and keep it good for years to come. There's lots to figure out for the Packers. (laughs) Lastly, special teams. More so the kickers. Mason Crosby is back, at least for now. He's on the 90-man roster. Corey Bohorquez seemingly will not be back. And I think the, the holding issues are being pointed to as far as Bojo. He was a good punter. Not great when the weather turned, but he was good. He had some really good kicks. But the Packers clearly feel they can find a guy who will come in less expensive and who can hopefully also kick off because Crosby can't get it into the end zone anymore on a consistent basis. So if you're going to stick with Mason Crosby, you've got to have another plan kicking off the ball. Even if special teams is better, you've got to have a better plan. I mean, and and Rich Bisaccia, new special teams coordinator, please be a part of the solution. Please make this unit better. But still, kick it into the end zone. I mean, because another year of crap special teams play is just an awful thought running through my head. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And I think if one of these other place kickers shows any promise in in camp, because they've got three guys, including Crosby, I think the Packers will move on. Because you need a complete kicker. If you have a complete kicker who can kick it off well, and he's accurate, he's a good field goal kicker, and the punter can just focus on punting, and they don't have to also kick off, I think that's the best case scenario if they're they're doing their singular jobs and they're doing them well. And the good news is kickers and punters don't take premium draft capital. So the Packers are showing that they're open to change and they've got obviously late picks they can use if they want to address that. You can even address that in, un- in undrafted free agency too. But it, it can't be much worse than it was last year. And and the place kicker situation though, I'm telling you, it's it's not easy. 
it's really not easy because you ask a young kicker to come into this league, and we've seen young kickers struggle in their first year. Tyler McPherson for the Bengals had that awful game against the Packers. I remember Daniel Carlson a couple of years ago had that bad game against the Packers, and then they turn around, turn it around and get good. But kicking at Lambeau Field in the winter months is a very different skill set, and it's a very different ask than a kicker that's going to kick in Minnesota or in Detroit where they're in inside for half the season or they're, you know, they're the warm weather schedule is what it is on the West coast or whatever it be. So it's risky. It's a risky proposition, but I like the direction the Packers are going in here. The other thing I'll say about Devonte Adams, um, one last thought there, my take on that whole thing too is the Packers could have brought Adams back. But if you do that, you're basically saying, we're going to go all in here with Adams and Rodgers for one, maybe two years. If it doesn't work, we're going to have to gut this team. Whereas right now, Adams leaves a huge hole at receiver, but everyone else is back. And you've got some young players that are under contract for a while. So even if Rodgers doesn't return... And the Packers now have to figure out the quarterback situation. You've got a lot of really good talent already in place. You're not down to the studs rebuilding. And that's where I think the win in this whole thing was for the Packers was they were looking at two, three, four years from now. For us to not have to go through the massive rebuild that some teams do would be a huge, huge win. Because at some point, we got to pay the piper. The Packers aren't going to be the best team in football forever. They're going to go through some up and down years. And they might go through a couple of those. And then they'll be able to really reload because they'll have high draft picks if that's the case. Not a fun thing to to sit through and watch, but I don't think we're going to be looking down the barrel of the 70s and 80s where it's years and years of bad football. So I like the eye on the future and I trust the the front office and I think Goody and his team will do very, very good things. So I'll wrap it up. Thanks for riding along with me on Quick Slants to start off this week. Those are my thoughts coming out of the weekend. I will definitely have another show for you next Monday, recapping everything that's happened between now and then. If there is an opportunity and anything big hits and I can squeeze another show in, I absolutely will. Again, check out Game On Wisconsin. We've got some big news, big announcements coming this week, some really cool stuff going on behind the scenes, prepping for the 2022 season already. Draft is coming up. Don't forget to get over to the draft guide. There's a pinned tweet at Game On Wisconsin Twitter page if you want to order the draft guide with all of the Packer-centric cover coverage. Get over and do that. In the meantime, it is warming up. I don't know about you. It's like in the 80s over here in Phoenix right now. I know it's not necessarily that where you live, but it's warming up. Spring is right around the corner. we got more daylight now. So everybody, have a great start to your week. And as always, stay safe and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 